How you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Just uh, we got our like shipment of our CDs in today as our album comes out tomorrow. And we have like a bunch of shows the next couple of weeks. So we were all freaking out like, oh, my God, I hope this they CDs get here by the time we have shows because it really sucked to not have them. And they were on my front porch when I got home a few minutes ago. So a good day then, a good day thanks to that. So far, so far so good. Particularly as well during this period, man, I, I know how crazy busy it can be when it's the long build towards an album release. As I say, on my end, it's well, what we're, we're three hours away from the release. Yeah. Is, is it sinking in? Is it feeling real? Are you just kind of like, okay, I'm glad we're here and the sooner we get it out and out into the world, we can move on kind of thing? Yeah, like we've we've been done with the album since like uh, like January, I think, or February. So like, I mean, we've you know it's the fourth album we've done. So like, I've you know we're used to the process of it taking a while, but just the like when we were done with it, it was kind of like we've spent the last almost two years like writing pre-production stuff, and when we're finally done tracking, it's like well what the hell do we do with ourselves now for the next like eight months or 10 months until it actually comes out? Cause unique leaders release schedule is like super busy. They're releasing stuff like every week it seems. So, um, you know, we just kind of, it's, it's now it's, it's like a, like a relief. Like we finally get to put it out after we've been like, we're all almost tired of it already in terms of listening to it. Cause we've been listening to it for the last like 10 months straight. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm glad that uh, the rest of the world finally gets to hear it. Do you find you you'll end up like living vicariously through other people's reactions? So like it's the same, yeah. You but the freshness for for fans. Definitely, like that's my favorite thing on like with just to 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 see is like YouTube reactions and stuff like that because you know for us like we're the the reaction period when we heard like the master for example like we were all so like stoked for like weeks and weeks. And then like anything, you know, over time, like we, we rehearsed the songs over and over and over again for like eight hours a day when we, when we have rehearsals. So like, we're all just, we, we, we know all the songs in and out. We have no more like reactions to give to them ourselves, you know? So it's nice. It's, it's exciting to see like what other people will think of it. And I mean, I'm looking forward to hopefully seeing a bunch of them on YouTube once the album's out. Do you um do you find yourself quite interested in any potential negative reviews just to kind of get that view and see what people think? Yeah, like to me, honestly, like I, I, I don't. I mean, no one likes reviews that completely shit on your music, but I do like reviews that give like constructive criticism because, you know, as a band, we're always trying to find to fine tune and dial our sound into as good as we can possibly make it. And while I love reading like rave reviews, I, th I feel like ones that are more honest about the downsides to the, to our records are more helpful to us for what we write in the future, you know? No, it does. It constru obviously constructive criticism is fantastic, but like, it's one of those where it's like, well, if you don't rave about this album, I think there might be something wrong with you. And I'd be very interested to read someone who generally didn't like this or any of the previous work and just properly explain themselves. I think that would be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh. probably what I'm looking forward to the most <laughs> is all right, where did we miss? What did we do wrong? You know? And it's cool. Cause like, I mean, nowadays, especially this year, like there's, the the kind of 
niche subgenre of like black and deathcore has become so much in the forefront of like the deathcore scene that I am curious as to how other people feel like we stack up against what's what's out now, like you know, Shadow of Intent or Lorna Shore and stuff like that, you know. And going back to what you said about being part of the Unique Leader Records roster, considering the weight and the quality on that label and the regular releases in the heavier department, do you feel like, you know, you, you, you not only do you fit, but also that you don't get buried amongst the glut of heavy music there? Um, so one of the big reasons that we signed with them was because of the roster, like top to bottom. It's just endless great bands and um jamie who runs the label actually signed us to siege of amida when he used to run that label for our first two records so we've worked with him for a long long time and he does a great job managing his label and his releases and i feel like at least in my experience of it like we've uh, anytime we've ever needed anything he's always on top of it i never feel like we're kind of buried in the mix of like the you know 20 30 bands that they have or anything like that like when we needed our album budget or stuff from music videos, merch, like everything, he's just, here you go, have at it, make me proud, that sort of thing. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Listen, I want to take you back then. We're going to go back in time a little bit, 18 months or so. How you been holding up on a personal level, pandemic-wise? Um, So it was very, like, it, it was a strange experience, you know, because for all of us like we, the band isn't like our full-time thing at least not anymore like it we we still it's, it's our primary focus outside of like our normal lives but you know it, it like we we weren't hit as hard as some as bands that like tour full-time that got like all of that really like just taken away for almost two years mm. um, and i think it actually in some ways it allowed the kind of music scene in general to kind of take like a reset and you know because the the touring market was getting really oversaturated and there's so many bands with so many releases and I, I feel like it was just getting hard to navigate like rather than everyone focused on you know certain bands it was every single band on earth was getting like a little bit of attention from like I don't know if that's the best way to explain it like it's I, I think that it, it helped it slowed things down but it wasn't necessarily a negative thing because what it did for a lot of bands was gave them all the time to not have to fight with like deadlines and release schedules like everybody got to kind of make a record in their own time because there wasn't the added pressure of everything else that comes with being in a band like touring and uh stuff like that so i think this year and early into next year you're going to see like a lot of really awesome releases from a lot of really awesome bands because of that and everybody kind of had to experience the same like doubt and you know uh you know wondering like how long this is going to last for and are we ever going to get back to normal or are we ever going to be able to tour again like you know i i feel like it didn't really shut down most bands even though it took away a lot of bands primary source of income for a while you know, and now that it's starting to get starting to let up a little bit, like even smaller, smaller shows that I've seen anyways, like are still packed with people because no mm. one's had content for so long. So I don't know how long that will last for, but hopefully it sticks, you know, because I think the the biggest thing to take away from the pandemic is that it 
you know, it kind of revealed to the world what what our society is like without art because yeah. it wasn't ex accessible to anybody really. And, you know, we all saw it, especially in America, like last year at how tense things got with political things and, you know, protests and riots and stuff. And like, it's kind of what happens to people when they don't have an outlet, they have focus it all into one really negative space and it blows up, you know? So I think, uh, I think a lot of bands albums are going to reflect that period of time. And that's absolutely what our new album reflects. I think is just the kind of the, the period of being in, in limbo while our societal structure kind of falls apart a bit, you know? It's fascinating that you say that, particularly when you talk about the artists and the time. Everyone we've spoken to, we often ask the question, give us something positive that came out from the period that you can think of. And most bands and artists talk about uh, having more time to affect uh, yeah. an album or do this or do that and so on. Um, so hearing you say it is amazing. I wonder, do you think that will stick going forward, that the learning curve of going, okay, giving ourselves more time meant a more quality product do you think that will continue or do you think we'll end up slipping back into the old way of doing things where we're just touring non-stop um i think that will kind of vary from band to band because you know for pretty much every band that your primary source of income is touring like mm. we don't make we, this ever since you know the whole streaming uh thing kind of became the the main way that people consume music musicians and artists don't make money off of album sales. That's been true for a while now. So um, I like for us personally, cause we're all, you know, we're a little bit older and we've done this for a long time. Like we're all kind of in a place where like, we would rather put out quality over quantity. Mm. Like I, I would rather lose maybe some momentum from not touring for like 18 months straight. If it meant that we get the best album we could possibly put together you know because especially now after kind of comparing our new record to the last one which was not necessarily rushed but it was a lot less like th there was a lot less to it there was a lot less went into creating it than this one this one we really like sat down and hammered out pre-production for like a year almost before finally deciding on like the final songs that we're going to make the album with and the song structures that we're finally going to settle on and all, I think almost all of those songs, except for maybe two of them, all started as almost completely different and had different structures. And we just kind of had the time to like record them, at least in demo form, and then listen to them for a while. And then the more you listen to it, the more you're like, okay, well, this part kind of isn't necessary or this part should transition to this part. It will sound better. And we had the time to like pick it apart and put it back together the right way. And so now in doing that, to me, like I, I would, I always want to do it that way, as oh. opposed to trying to just rush it out for the sake of getting it out. Because I think you know you've seen a lot of bands, you know, the just in rock music and really any any genre, I would say, like you know, almost all of them have kind of the sophomore slump after after their big like hit record because the pressure. focus and more focus on putting a product out yeah and there's very very few bands that i can think of that never have. um but yeah like there's there, there's i mean 
I'm not sure if I could think of one band that didn't have like a mediocre album after their great one. Mm. You know, it's 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 difficult. Maybe uh, one that I could probably think of would be like Mastodon, but Mastodon doesn't put out an album every year. They take a good few years between records, and the 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 results of that are usually a really great album. You could apply yeah. it to a lot of other media as well. You know, you think some of that horror movies, a uh, big horror movie that comes out and blows up the sequel often. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it never has the same magic to it. And that's usually because they, everyone wants to capitalize on the momentum that they've built off of something great. And it's hard to stay patient because even as an artist or as the band, like you also want to keep building on that momentum as much as possible. And it's really difficult to like, to to make yourself create in general like as an artist you can't force you i mean you can force yourself to make stuff to write music to you know write a movie script but at that point it's not the same as when it just kind of comes out naturally and for it mm -hmm. to come out naturally it takes time it takes time to replenish artistic vision and stuff you know yeah, and you get you'll get found out. The fan base will find you out if you're not uh, if your heart's not in it or you're half-assing it, as it were. You will be found out, I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, considering you said four albums to date, debut back in two thousand and eight, do you think you can draw a clear line that connects from where you started to where you are now? A uh, line in terms of what? Into how your career's gone and how your sound has gone. Oh, okay. Um, so. Uh, definitely not a straight line. Um, I think we've just, uh, we always like had, um, I, I think a, a big part of what, what determines success for most bands is, has a lot more to do with timing than people realize. Okay. You know, like you can have the best album ever that no one, that's just not the right time for it. You know, like historically, even like Zeppelin, Zeppelin, no one, when they were first really out, like no one understood them. Kiss is another good example. Mm. Like it just wasn't quite, you know, they, they needed something to happen at the right time in order for them to really catch on. And for us, you know, when we started, when we were first kind of, you know, on our first run with the first two records, you know, Deathcore was a really new, a really new concept for the most part. And, um, to us like we didn't even feel like we were a deathcore band because mm. we were in the middle of like when it was starting you know to us we were just like a death metal band that had keyboards on it yeah. <laughs> and a black metal influence but at the time our our little kind of uh uh corner of that genre wasn't really what was what what the mass audience for it was listening to everybody was focused more on the death metal side of it mm. you know because like suicide silence white chapel job for a cowboy those were like the big pillars of like the the creation of the genre and for us we were always kind of the oddball because we weren't quite heavy enough for tours like that and it's not like we could go do black metal tours either because we're not exactly a black metal band especially <laughs> the older stuff you know so that like the the, the longer time has gone on we found more of a way to kind of seamlessly fuse the two rather than being like you know some parts are deathcore parts and some parts are black metal parts or you know like it's more of one cohesive sound now mm -hmm. and 
going forward, that's what we are and what we will be. And I think we'll find a lot, uh, it'll, things will go a lot better that way for us. Yeah, I, I, I find it interesting the whole, where do you fit in a bill? Whereas now you're listening to what you're doing now and it's like, you can fit on any bloody bill. Put you on any bill, you will happily fit. The black metal crowd will love you, the death metal crowd will love you. Stick you on a rock show. It's still yeah. music, it'll fit. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's that, like we can, especially because we have such so much catalog now with four mm -hmm. albums, like we can curate a set that would fit with anything. Like I, one of, you know, a band that I've always, always wanted to tour with is uh, Dark Funeral. Oh, and not that we're like as black metal as Dark Funeral is, but in a five song set, we can play five songs that would make us fit pretty well with them. It's not like you know the we just aren't playing the the the, the super heavy ones but we yeah. have others that are a lot more black metal focused you know and just like if we or if we had to do you know a, a deathcore tour with like suicide silence we have yeah. a good five or six song set that's got a lot of breakdowns in it that still isn't quite as heavy as like they are but it's enough to appease a crowd like that yeah. I like to, I would like to hope that even if you didn't do that and you tailored a set to what you wanted, that metal fans these days are more open-minded. I'd love to believe that. Yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> and sometimes, like, you you know, like, we're doing, for example, the end of this month, we're doing a run with uh, Battlecross, mm. which is, they're like, you know, kind of a thrash metal band almost. And, but it's a very, like, universal metal crowd. Those are always my favorite crowds to play to do yeah. also. It's like where we don't have to, like, try to like make our set appeasing to them where we can just kind of play the songs that we want and it's like a healthy mix of both and they usually still go over well because you know fans like that just want to hear heavy music regardless of what little subgenre window it fits in even more nowadays we talked earlier on about the fact that shows are coming back and how packed out they are now people just want to hear some metal just want a reason to circle pit and headbang head bang, you know yeah yeah that's how I wish the entire metal scene was, you know? Yeah, <laughs> just if only, if only. <laughs> but that's, yeah. uh, that's a deeper conversation. <laughs> so there's an argument to say this might be the most intense album you've released, but that's taken into account. You've got a couple of guests on this album, David John Simoch of Signs of the Swarm and Jamie Graham of Viscera. How did those, uh, how did those guests come about? Um, so Signs of the Swarm is from Pittsburgh, where we're from. So we've like we've known those guys a long time and we're all both in the same scene, the same circles of people. Um, <clears throat> so with uh, David, it was just uh, when we wrote that song, we were trying to think of like who we could get to, you know, who would sound good as a feature. And I thought it would be cool for him because he doesn't, at least as far as I've heard, like hasn't really used his voice in more of the black metal space. You know, so I thought it'd be a fun challenge for him to kind of get because most features he does are for like, you know, bands that sound similar to them or yeah. more deathcore side of things where, you know, people are used to hearing his voice. Whereas in something like our music, it kind of gives him a space to experiment a little bit. And um, because, again, they, they're from the same city, like he was able to come to our studio and him and Chris like sat there and kind of wrote out each part and they got to like really collaborate fully on the, that's why he's on like the whole song rather than one little like kind of section of it um because we kind of wrote it designed as like a call response kind of thing um and then jamie i've i've told 
Jamie for years that he needs to just he needs to just quit all of this death metal business and go sing for like some huge rock band somewhere because he has just a fantastic singing voice. And I've told him that for years and years. And uh, this time, like our schedules just aligned enough to where he was able to 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 pencil us in for a day in the studio. Um, and I didn't have any we had no idea what he was going to do to it. We just sent him this like he, he knew this like he had the songs already, like the pre-production versions um because again he runs the label but um he i we just told him like the kind of timestamps and like I, I just said sing something to yeah. surprise me <laughs> and the very first thing he sent was what made the album because it oh, was wow. like this is perfect i had no idea what to expect really i mean i know what his voice sounds like and i, I love it and i you know we we picked the most melodic song on the record for that because that one just i felt like would really his voice would really contribute to it rather than sound like, you know, a random feature in a random space in one of the other songs. I kind of gave him like a nice long bridge section to take over. And, um, you know, he, it's, it's the title track to the record. It's arguably for us as the band, it's probably our favorite. Yeah. It's one that we can't play live though. Cause none of us can sing like that <laughs> <laughs> unless we happen to be on a tour with Viscera, which, you know, who knows, maybe that will happen someday um our keyboardist is trying he's been like practicing it a little bit just jamie has so much range it's like mm. those high like shrieky uh singing stuff that he can do is very like that's not a that's not an easy vocal technique by any stretch so our keyboardist is working on it he's got like up until the last like two lines i think he's got down pretty well to where we can get away with it but it just, you know, it's it's not it's never gonna sound the same unless Jamie himself is like singing it. So try I don't know, and make it a crowd thing instead. Somehow make it so the crowd sing it. So even if they're singing it poorly, it doesn't matter. That's true. Maybe we'll try that angle a little bit more. You know, that level of trust and relaxation that you have about you know with guests like that and in your own music is that? Do you think that's quite reflective of where the breathing process is as a unit these days? Um, I think so. Like, you know, it's especially with, you know, just people that are in in bands that really have done this for a while. You know, I, I, I trust. I mean, D David, Signs of the Swarm is, I guess, newer compared to us in a sense. But, you know, David's been in bands for years and years and years. Like he was in another one that was from this area. Uh, for a long time before he joined Signs or Signs of Swarm, yeah. mm. and Jamie's been doing different bands since we started, pretty much. Like he was also an artist then. So like, I, I just with with there's a, once you reach like a certain level of professionalism, you know, I, I feel like when I sent them the songs, like I didn't even think twice about like oh, I don't know how this is gonna go or I hope they can pull it off. It's like I know they're gonna just knock it out of the park, and I just have to sit here and wait for them to send send me the files back. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. Like, well, David came to our studio to track it, but it was like every take he did, I was like, I don't even know what to tell you to like fix. There's nothing like it's, it's try it, try it again. If, if in case you think you can get a better voice or something, but yeah. most of, most of his feature was like the first, first take, if not the second, Incredible. he rarely messed up anything. Like he, his voices were all crazy. And there was actually, there was one, there's one scream in there at the end that got kind of buried in the mix a little bit that was absolutely nuts. 
<laughs> and we're, that was the one like blemish that I was kind of like bummed about when we got the master back. It's like, but again, like when, you, when you're, when you're at the mastering stage, it's like, you know, I can't be like, Hey, can you rip this whole thing open again and just tweak this one <laughs> voice, like two decibels and then re-render it all and run it through the master. It's just too much to like, of course. Yeah. You have to kind of find it. You have to, you, you'll always find something that you want to change if you don't just cut it off and say like, okay, this is it. Yeah. You've this got to just cut, put it down. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise you'll like, we'd still be working on our album now if we had that kind of luxury, you know? No, of course, but you've got any more. And if people don't know, we've not mentioned yet, 8th of October, which as of the time of recording, is tomorrow by Unique Leader Records, Labyrinthian. Um, are you kind of hoping that 2022 is a busier year for you when it comes to live shows? I know it's hard to confirm. I know it's hard to even say anything beyond hope more than mm. that, because we don't know what the state of the world is going to be like in a couple of months. It's just really is the plan to be busy. Yeah, like we're we've spent since the album's been done, like I said, we've been kind of just sitting on our uh, twiddling our thumbs for the last like 10 months. Um, but we've spent a lot of time rehearsing and building our live show to something that really like we're trying to attract people to because that's kind of always been our thing is that, you know, in order to really experience the kind of energy that we're that we're trying to portray you have to see it in person like it's it's hard to swallow someone with atmosphere like while they're listening on their phone or on their computer speakers or something like you need that loud experience of it and we're all like we're a very energetic live band so i'm really we're all really hoping that we get to do you know some more tours and, and stuff next year we're really trying to come to europe that's like on top of the list of things because we've had like two different tours that we were like that were confirmed that we were on for over there that have both like gotten canceled or postponed yeah. for circumstances and i think just uh you know it's we just want we want to be known as a live band yeah you know and have that kind of thing to where you have to come like you you have to come experience it it's it's not it's never going to be the same listening to it on your own you know yeah you you know this as much as i do there's nothing quite like uh live music particularly in your field of music the black and death core side of things it's uh, always yeah. going to be much more spectacular I have to ask you this last question then. So one of the things that kind of gets banded around in regards to the build to this album has been that it's uh, the breathing process, taking back the blackened deathcore metaphorical crown. What do you make of that? Or is it something you're just kind of like, ah, oh, you know what, it sounds cool, don't really care though. <laughs> so this is actually something that's I've seen come up a lot lately um, with people, you know, because like I said before, blackened anything at the moment is really like you know popular and um i always it, it it pisses me off to no end when i read comments that are like oh you guys ripped off lorna shore or you rip off shadow intent and it's it's not not that you know i i understand that we all sound really similar mm -hmm. but like you know our first album came out in 2008 and like we're not none of it it's, it's important to me that people understand that like even even with bands like them you know like they're both extremely good at what they're doing and if anyone really took the time to listen to any of us 
I, like you, they would all understand that we all offer very different interpretations of just a similar sound. Mm. But that's true of any genre or any subgenre of metal. Like when Metallica came out, was was Exodus and Slayer just ripping off Metallica? Even if they were, they all still were allowed to exist in the same space mm-hmm. and all succeeded in some way because if there was only one band in every genre, then there would be very limited amounts of music that you could listen to, you know? And I think that all of us, like the the fact that we all exist and the fact that we're all competent enough bands to be like, you know, signed or touring or whatever, if anything for the consumer, it creates, it, it creates a competition in a healthy way, almost that all of us are now going to strive to kind of, to, to, to put out our best possible material because it has to compete against another. And that's a good thing for music in general, for the music, for the metal genre, you know, like, so as far as like the, 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 the crown, like, I mean, yeah, we're all going for the crown of, of anything. Like that's the point of, you know, doing stuff in general is to try to be the best at it. And, you know, I think that, like there's there's been so many albums this year alone like Lorna Shore's album Shadow of Intense new songs are ridiculously good Mental Cruelty's album is fucking incredible and like they were like a you know they were like a slam death metal band for most of their existence thus far and they just kind of stepped in this space and knocked it out of the park you know so I think that there's absolutely with with deathcore being such a niche genre to begin with, you know, like the more of us that come out that are good at this particular thing, it just helps it grow, you know, and it it growing equals success for all of us. But the the notion that like, there can only be one and they're they're the, like, I mean, I guess we don't, there's not many people that, especially now that we have, you know, kind of a better uh, press campaign than our previous album. Like, more people than more often than not, I see a lot of people correct those comments that tell people like, Oh, we've existed way longer than either of those bands. Yeah. Because we have, you know, and it's, it's, it's annoying to read when somebody who doesn't know who we are tells me that like, we're somehow copying someone else's sound when we've always been consistently this for our entire existence, except for when we were like, when I was like in high school and we were like a local band, we sounded like a lot different <laughs> as far as like being a signed band in 2007, we have always maintained this sound. We've just gotten better and better at it, but we're also older. Like mm. those other bands that I mentioned are younger than we are. And, you know, we don't, we never claimed like ownership over, over this like subgenre at all. Like we just played what we wanted to play like any band does. And, there's not like it, you could you could find in any band you listen to you could find someone else that they quote unquote ripped off if you wanted to, like there's very few bands that sound only there's only one, you know, like Radiohead like there's only one Radiohead, but you know Coldplay came out and kind of knocked them out of the park in terms of album sales. Just a bit. You, could, you know, and I mean, granted, Coldplay sucks ass now, but their first <laughs> two records were fucking awesome. And I'm a huge Radiohead fan. So like when I heard those first two, it was like, wow, this reminds me of Radiohead, but it's like easier to digest. Mm. I love this. And then they went to shit and started making pop songs. But, you know, 
like every every era every genre there's like or you know take like the hip-hop genre for example yeah. like they all sound pretty similar in one another like very few of them are really in their own lane you know yeah, but yeah, no one like... no one accuses them of ripping off someone like no, there's no point you're absolutely right. It seems often to be sort of locos of us. I mean, you say hip hop, I think of someone like Grime, and Grime is in particularly, you know, very, very much a very small thing in this country, but it's all very similar sounding. But again, nobody's accusing so and so of ripping off so and so and things like that. So it's a yeah, one. it's an overall sound. Like, how can you own that at, at yeah. all? You know. But I also think it's important to suggest that, like, you're not stamping on the fingers of people who are trying to climb up to your platform. You're helping them up by enhancing the sound and being an elder statesman if you want of that and stuff like that everyone wins as you said yourself yeah absolutely like and it just it elevates everyone else's you know as far as us like the artists are concerned you know it's like it's a it's healthy competition mm -hmm. and i think that's good for anything any aspect of life even not even just music like you know it 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 it, it improves the quality of everyone's music because if this if, if i think like you know me personally in my heart i think mental cruelty's album is better than our album you know i i'm sure plenty of fans will disagree with me on that whatever i'm happy that they do, they do. Uh. i love our album i you know, it's we created it i'll always love it but now having listened to that i'm like fuck we gotta we gotta up some things on the next one Ooh. because we've gotta that's that's what that's what someone else did and it's it's competing in the same space as ours. So I want to make our next album better than that. And I'm sure they'll listen to our album or Lorna Shore's album or Shadow of Intense album, Worm Shepherd's album. The new, like I listened to some of Worm Shepherd's new album because we, we played with them uh, like a couple weeks ago. Hmm. It's, it's nuts. It's absolutely insane. And again, it's just, it's like, oh man, like there's all this, there's all these new perspectives because like I said before, we all, we're all different people from different like eras of music in general. So like, we're, we're not going to put out the exact same thing. None of yeah. us, like we all have different, we're all different people. We're different artists. We're different. We have different influences, you know? So like, we're all going to interpret that sound differently than the next, but we are all just continuously trying to raise the bar with it. And I think that will result in just great fucking records that yeah, everybody man. can enjoy you know yeah i think a perfect way to cut off there is to add as well that just go out and listen to all these records but of course make sure you listen to labyrinthian by the breathing process it's yes. out tomorrow jordan thank you so much for taking the time to do this thank you that's it mate. Will, that's uh, it we're done all right no this worries thank you thank I, you I'm, i've I've been dying to answer that last question for the last like few interviews I've done and no one asked me it. Oh, really? So, okay. Because we get we get a lot of messages and stuff about that. And, like, you know, while I, I wish that more people knew that we were kind of the not I don't even I wouldn't even call us like the originator of it. We were just one of the first. Like when we came out, there was us, there was Abigail Williams, and there was Winds of Plague. Winds of Plague, we got compared to every fucking day, mm. but we sounded nothing like them. The only thing that we had in common is that we both had hot girl keyboardists. <laughs> that was literally it. And they had nothing to do with black metal. They were like, they sounded to me, sounded more like bleeding through, but just heavier. And to us, we were like trying to be more 
black metal. Abigail Williams wanted nothing to do with deathcore at all, and that's why they changed so much. Yeah. You know? So, like, I wish more people understood that, like, we were one of the first to kind of bring this concept forward, and I feel like that would help us grow a lot as kind of like the you know the 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 ogs of 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 this kind of space and i'm hoping that's what this record does because i think a lot of younger kids will like it in comparison to all those other bands that they are just finding out about now yeah but we're also kind of like you know i i want us to be looked at as you know we were kind of the original version of this you know hopefully it helps us going forward yeah man hopefully well hopefully we'll get to see you some point in the uk next year as well yeah me too uh looking like the summer i think is where we're aiming for okay hopefully that will happen as i've been dying to come over there and uh you know i guess we'll guess we'll see so see what happens thank you very much for watching you can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on facebook instagram twitter and tumblr Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favor, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?